Welcome to another episode of Peace at the Water Cooler. I'm your host, Saran Siegel, and today's discussion is focused on a topic that can ha- really have a profound effect on any organization's well-being, and that is lengthy workplace investigations. Joining us is Sean Melbourne, the Executive Director of Source Workplace, who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the conversation. Welcome, Sean. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. Before we dive into the topic, perhaps you can share with our listeners a little bit about your background and what it is Source Workplace does. Yeah, so I've been an employment lawyer for a very long time, <laughs> over 20 years. Yeah. Mostly acting for employers mm-hmm. in all areas of employment law. Okay. And I also, the executive director of Source Workplace, and we provide a sort of broader way of workplace services to businesses. So we cover employment law, HR, employee relations, and safety as well. So a whole team of, okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've got a big team. Okay, great. All right, so let's just dive right in. Uh, Sean, so for our listeners keen to understand the most prevalent causes for workplace investigations, can you shed some light on why or how they come about? Yeah, there's, there's a few things. I guess mm-hmm. probably like the the higher end is the more serious ones like when people engage in fraud or serious sort of misconduct like that. Yeah. Or sexual harassment is an area that's growing because people are more aware of it and it's becoming, you know, very mm-hmm. clear now that that's unacceptable behaviour in the workplace. Yeah. And then I'd say there's also this growing area, which is the area that I sort of have a bit of few issues with mm-hmm. is there's sort of more of an area of workplace conflict where yeah. people get into a conflict, start making allegations against each other, and yeah. then investigators yeah. are brought in to try and get to the bottom of the facts in the situation. Mm. So they lodge a complaint or a dispute, grievance against someone, and, yeah, you're brought in to investigate. Exactly. Okay. And it could be sometimes they come in the form of bullying complaints mm-hmm. or sometimes they just make complaints about you know, various things people have said to them. Yeah. But often they're now being funneled into workplace investigations, which Mm. often doesn't make the situation better. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when we talk about lengthy investigations, how lengthy is lengthy? I mean, what have you seen? I know I've seen some really long, you know, things that take many months or even years. Well, what is your experience? Yeah, I mean, I've seen them some that take months mm-hmm. because there's so many witnesses to interview and it just takes a long time to compile all the information. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess particularly ones that are for serious misconduct like fraud and things like that where you've got to get to the bottom of a lot of factual detail. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them take months yeah. just because you've got to do them properly. You've got to make sure you give everyone an opportunity to provide evidence and that sort of thing. And then I guess there's some that are a bit shorter. Like usually the sort of conflict ones can be done fairly quickly in maybe a matter of a week or two. So, I mean, what would you consider an optimal timeline for conducting a thorough yet timely investigation? I would say as quickly as possible. Yeah. But preferably within a week or two weeks. I just think if it starts mm, to get longer than that, it just makes it very difficult on the workplace. It does depend on the situation because sometimes you have to go for longer, yeah, you know, like yeah. just because of the volume. But mm. I think your average workplace investigation, yeah. if it goes for more than a week or two weeks, it's going to put a huge stress on your workplace. Mm, absolutely. So you talk about putting stress on workplaces. So what are the challenges, I guess, that lengthy investigations give rise to? I'm involved in an investigation currently where, you know, 
One of the parties said to me, I literally, she said, I mean, it's been going on for months and I was called in and she said, I literally cannot tell another person the story. It's like you are the fourth or fifth person I am talking to and it is literally killing me. So it can really have an impact on, I mean, an investigation that's not done, you know, in a timely manner it can really have an impact on someone's mental health and just their ability to do their job. I mean, is that what you find? Is that one of the challenges, do you think? Absolutely. And mm. it's happening a lot. Mm. And that's why we're trying to find alternatives to investigation. Mm. And you just look at what happens, right? Like someone makes an allegation. Yeah. You have to put those allegations to the person who's, who's been alleged against. Mm. So that creates a huge amount of stress for that person. Then they've got to sort of wait till you go through the process to find the outcome. So they don't get an immediate resolve. Mm. You've then got to bring in witnesses and interview the witnesses the yeah. witnesses go undergo a kind of cross-examination <laughs> process because they've yeah. got to be tested. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they could be just innocent people who witness something and they've mm. got to go through the stressful process of an investigation. They might have to then prepare a written statement depending on how it's run. Yeah. So you end up drawing everyone into these <laughs> investigations. Absolutely. And, and you're, like, you're also creating cliques maybe or, you know, different groups who – you know, I'm with them or I'm with them, and it just creates a toxic environment generally. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? Like an investigation, the end result of an investigation is mm. you're basically going to conclude someone is right or someone's wrong. Yeah. Like that's pretty much where it gets to. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm. it's not always put in that way, but yeah. that's – That's like ultimately – Yeah, you're right. Like if mm. someone said allegations made against them, you're either proving that they engaged in – improper conduct or not basically Absolutely. so because that's the focus that's not an outcome that results in a harmonious workplace that's like an outcome that people feel you know right or wrong about so exactly that's why i think you've got to really think through these things and look at the purpose of what you're doing and whether it's going to get the result that you're intending to achieve like i think sometimes you have to do these types of investigations mm. because there's serious things like say you know, if say there's sexual harassment, mm. you know, you would want to investigate that and determine whether the conduct is yeah. right or wrong, basically. Yeah. But if you've got a situation where two or more people in conflict with each other, or it's a manager who's performance managing someone and they've been accused of bullying, mm. getting to a right or wrong outcome is not going to resolve that situation. It's going to result in one person feeling aggrieved, one person feeling righteous, yeah. and probably so not wanting to work together yeah. after that. I think you really hit the nail on the head. So, look, yes, and there are a lot of costs. I mean, that's what you're talking about, really, the consequences of a prolonged investigation. And while obviously there are financial costs, could you share with us the more concealed costs? I mean, I know that's one, you know, that organizations might not immediately recognize. I mean, they think, okay, we're doing the right thing. There's a dispute between two people. Let's bring in an investigator and let's do an investigation. What else could go wrong or what else could the impact be? Yeah, well, the financial costs are huge with investigation Yeah, because they take a, a huge amount of time and so the investigator, you know, there's a lot of fees involved. Mm. But then you've, you've got the time. Like it takes people involved in these situations a lot of time to give evidence, especially if a witness has seen a lot because they might have to do a verbal interview and then potentially provide a statement as well, which takes time because you've got to work on the statement depending on how the investigations run. Mm -hmm. So you've got your people being time-consumed. Yeah. But you also get this sense when an investigation is going on that things are left in abeyance. 
because like people can't really move on while an investigation's happening. Mm. So you can end up having a whole team who's sort yeah. of left in this state of they're just hanging Number. there waiting for the investigation mm. to con- conclude. Yeah, and it's really hard for them to be productive during that time and, you know, so be focused on the right things. Yeah, absolutely. And you find a lot of people going on stress leave and it just really, you know, it impacts the organisation as a whole. So I think you're right. I mean, they have to look like what is the outcome that we want? Like why are we doing this? And we always talk about conflict prevention. So what strategies, you know, can organisations use to cultivate a work culture that, you know, preemptively reduces conflict and minimises the necessity for protracted investigations? I think that just comes back to like, these sort of basic notions of how to create a good culture in a team. Mm. So having openness, transparency, talking through things as they arise so people, yeah. things aren't allowed to fester. Yeah. Having guidelines around feedback so that everyone, like I think one of the most effective things I've seen is when people openly talk with each other about how do we want to give and receive feedback. Mm. Because that's one of the areas where people tend to make complaints because mm. they feel like the feedback's not fair or they're being bullied and yeah, that absolutely. sort of thing. Yeah. I think if everyone's agreed on sort of ground rules mm. for how they want feedback and that's all clear, that can really help because it's Such a good sort of point. everyone's mm. on board. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of complaints and grievances come out of performance management. So uh, I absolutely get your point. And... Sorry, did I interrupt you? Were you saying something else? No, I think that was the main thing. (laughs) All right. So, and drawing on your legal expertise, Sean, how do you see legal frameworks playing a role in preventing conflicts from escalating within organisations? Well, I would actually say the thing is to try and avoid reaching for legal solutions when organisations can do that. The problem that I see is that there's mm. like this reflex action where as soon as there's a complaint, there's yeah. this reflex yeah. to just let's do an investigation. But I think in those situations, you've got to really look at the whole situation and look at various options you have to deal with it. One of them would be an investigation, but there's other options like do we bring someone in who can facilitate a discussion or mediate mm. issues? Mm. You know, I think you've got to look at it holistically you got to look at where do you want to get to yeah. and what's the most effective solution here. Mm. I think where these things get out of control is where people reach for legal solutions too quickly and they don't consider the other options to resolve yeah. things in their teams. So yeah. true. So you're talking about like a well-designed conflict resolution framework really that not only investigations uh, averts in investigations but also positively influences an organisation's overall culture. So you need to have that framework in place. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, 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 okay. So what are organisations, like so say someone's listening to this podcast and they say, you know what, we are actually really underprepared, like we have nothing in place, we don't have a framework in place, we really have nothing and that's why we've got so many issues with our staff or whatever. What would you recommend that they do? What do they do to get ready for to create a framework to prevent issues like this from happening? Yeah, I'd say two things. So, like, the conflict resolution framework is a good thing to have in place for Mm. when conflicts occur. Yeah. And that's really just to set out the different options that are available to resolve these things and when you would use them, when they're appropriate. 
But that's more of a reactive thing. Mm. But I think there's also a lot that can be done on the proactive side as well, which is just taking measures to create a good culture in your team. And that could be leadership training is a great place to start, I think, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are in leadership positions who've never learned how to lead or manage people. Yeah. They can set a tone of like good culture in the organisation. That's the best way to avoid conflict. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. You know? mm. 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 Okay. And um, just quickly to talk about the move towards remote work or, you know, hybrid work. I mean, do you think that any adjustments need to be made, you know, to conflict resolution strategies? What have you seen? Yeah. One thing that I observe all the time is because we often are in a situation where people are in a dispute mm. and they're, you know, they're on the other side of a dispute, but then you get them in a room and they're there together, there's something about being together that helps people resolve the issues because I think people realise that they're dealing with a human being mm-hmm. on the other side <laughs> and, they, and they, <laughs> like, they let their guard down a bit and, you know, give compromise and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a similar thing at work in that way with our remote working now. I think when people don't spend as much time together, it's very easy for things to fester. Because, yeah. you know, you could just have a have a Teams call. Yeah. Something gets said mm. the wrong way. Someone takes offence to it. Absolutely. And you don't see the person again <laughs> for a few days. And you can just be there like going, what the hell? Yeah, you know, like, and what? people get all sorts of ideas in their heads. Absolutely. And, or just reading you know. an email the wrong way. Like the tone may be off or, you know, just things that you don't have that interpersonal communication. So things just go wrong. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Emails is a big one, right? Because it's so easy. Absolutely. A lot of the fences. Yeah. 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 So I really think like creating, if you are a remote workforce, Mm. like we are, for instance, Mm. like creating an opportunity for people to come together is just so valuable because it just really just gets people beyond those things that build up in people's minds towards each other. Yeah. 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 I just think that's really important to think about now that we're in this sort of hybrid world. Absolutely. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be changing anytime soon. Like, you know, I mean, would you agree with that? I think so. Mm. Like, I I just think you look at all the work, the companies that are trying to get people back into the office now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a battle. Absolutely. I mean, people are comfortable now. And also, you know, you've got to be able to trust your employees, I guess. I mean, there have been some cases in the news I've seen where organizations are monitoring their staff on their computers i don't know exactly how it works but there has to be some sort of trust i guess when yeah there was a case in the fair work commission recently about an employer monitoring keystroke yes and they could they figured out that someone wasn't working (laughs) she had another she had another job somewhere else yeah (laughs) absolutely i think the employee was really like not working there but i also just think like imagine monitoring your people to that degree i know i know it's like big brother yeah, times. Okay, Sean, anything else you want to say or add to the conversation about investigations? Yeah, I'd just say, you know, there are times where investigations are really needed mm-hmm. and I would definitely advise people to do investigations in certain situations. But I think we need to really move more towards a human-based approach and dealing with these issues on a human level, particularly when they're conflict-oriented. Yeah. And it's 
a company will save themselves a huge amount of money, angst, time, if they can take those sorts of approaches more and more. Yeah. And they'll have a much happier workforce for it. Absolutely. So we're really talking about being proactive with conflict resolution and cultivating a culture of open communication. I mean, really, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And if you need help to do Mm. that, get help. You know, there's a lot of really good workplace mediators Mm. or culture experts who can come in and help with these sorts Mm. of things. Like imagine having two people in a dispute and you can have a facilitator come in and mediate between them and have them come out feeling really good towards each other. That's the sort of thing that happens. It can happen in a day versus spending Mm. weeks doing an investigation and ending up with them both hating each other. (laughs) Absolutely. But the key is to nip it in the bud early. That is, I find, you know, the key. Like don't let it go and don't think it's going to just miraculously resolve. Just deal with it early. Yeah, Mm. exactly. Mm. Anyway, so thank you. It's been great discussing this topic. Sean, thank you so much for being my guest. We've gained some valuable insights into what you should do to avoid lengthy investigations. And yeah, thank you for your time. Thanks, Ron. (laughs) Thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. It's been great to talk about it. (laughs) Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thanks.